We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. We're going to continue going through like the big picture view of some of the books in the Bible, <clears throat> but we would like to encourage you if you were listening on podcast, go leave us a review real quick. Uh, it's really amazing how when people leave reviews, how much that helps kind of get the podcast out to other people. So if you're listening on podcast, we would ask just take a quick minute, leave a short review. It really does help. Now, so, see, Jed, he does on our Sunday services for the kids, he does a little theater. He takes the puppets and they go in the theater, but today we're going to go to the Bible theater with okay. the book of... Book of Job. The book of Job. That's right. <clears throat> Job is Hebrew poetry, first mm. of all. Okay. And you can't deal with poetry like narrative. And yes, the other books of the Bible, like Ezekiel, tend to uh, confirm the fact that Job's events were historical, but this book of Job is in the form of a drama, hmm. which is very important. Now, maybe expound on that real quick. What do you mean by Ezekiel confirms it is historical? Well, for example, in Ezekiel 14, he talks about the historical personages of Noah and Daniel and Job and how they were hmm. righteous men and how, you know, okay. so he confirms that it was historical, but it's a play about this great historical figure. Okay. okay an inspired play. Yeah. So in, in the book of Job, you're dealing with Hebrew poetry in the form of a play. And mm -hmm. when you go to the theater, wherever you go and watch a play, you don't go and watch the first five minutes and then go home. <laughs> I mean, you, you watch to the end because yeah. most plays, the way they're written, they have kind of a, a, a prologue, an introduction, and there's some problems that are presented and some issues that are presented. And then eventually there's a resolution in the play yeah and if you don't watch the play till the curtain falls at the end you really don't get the message of the play Does yeah. that makes sense yeah there's going to be two or three acts and if you leave after one of those sections you may come away with a completely different thought on that play Big time like there's there's one musical this i'll make one musical reference okay help us lord all right go ahead all right there's a musical called into the woods and it's got two acts. Yeah. And for the kids' version, they just do act one because it ends with everybody happy and, you know, happily ever after. Well, it starts with act two of everything goes downhill <laughs> and then they all have to come through it again. So people who've just seen the kids' version are like, wasn't that beautiful? And people who know the whole thing are like, that is a dark musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so there you go. With, with Job, most people, in my experience, read the narrative prologue. There is a mm -hmm. narrative prologue, which is Job 1 and 2. Right. And they get most of their ideas about the book of Job from Job 1 and 2. They don't want to read all the rest. But the narrative is just saying, here's what happened in the beginning. Wait till you see the rest of this. <laughs> so, so briefly, um, here's how it's put together, and then we'll have Jed read a few passages and we'll wrap this up. 
First, you have the narrative prologue in Job 1 and 2, where mm -hmm. he sets up all the bad stuff that happened to Job and yeah. everything. And to this point, Job was a good boy. Mm -hmm. And then you have three cycles of speeches. Right. Where you have uh, one of Job's friends speaks, and Job speaks, and then another of Job's friends speaks, and Job speaks. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it goes in three cycles like that. And right. that goes all the way to chapter 32. It's a lot of the book. And most of what's in those chapters from chapter 3 to 31 is hogwash in one form or another. <laughs> it's people spouting nonsense. Okay. And then when you get to chapter 32 through chapter 37, you have this guy that we haven't met before that pops out of the woodwork and he points the finger at Job's three friends and said, y'all are all wet. And then he points the finger at Job and says, Job, you're just as all wet as they are. And then in Job 38 through 41, the Lord speaks and mm -hmm. he blows Job's hair back on his head. Yeah. And then finally in the epilogue, Job repents and God gives him everything back. Right. But you got to watch the whole play. That's the structure of the book. If you don't understand that structure of the book, you're not going to get anything out of Job. Yeah, okay. because I've known people to pull verses out of that middle section where the friends are talking. The hogwash section, where Job and the friends are talking, yeah. both of whom are doing hogwash. Would it be fair to say that those <laughs> that those chapters are like human thoughts on things that God yes. is going to refute? Everybody's spouting their nonsense, and they're all wrong to some degree. <laughs> and then you have to keep watching the play where Elihu comes and he speaks and tells them where they're all wrong. And then God straightens Job out once and for all. Yeah. All right. So in the first section, okay. the prologue, which is a narrative section, like a story, um, you just Job, great man among the children of the East, verse three, he was very godly, even sacrificed for his children. Mm -hmm. And then read us uh, chapter one, verse six through eight. Okay. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? All right, so here's this good guy. The angels are there in heaven and Job come, I mean, Satan comes among them and asks God if he can pick on this righteous man. And uh, Satan does. And if you read the rest of this uh, first chapter, uh, Satan destroys all of his flocks and herds. He kills all of his servants. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in the big finale of this, um, he kills all of Job's children. Yeah. And Job is devastated. Read me verse 20 of chapter 1. It says, Job arose and tore his robes, shaving his head and falling to the ground and worshipped. All right. And, and read the rest of it because it shows his dev devastation. Go okay. down to 22. Yeah. He says, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. All right. So terrible day worst day of his life he, he keeps trusting in god even in the worst day of his life and he was good but that's not the end of the play the play keeps going yeah so in chapter two <clears throat> another day satan comes with the angels before god and he says okay but i haven't touched his body 
Mm. If you'll let me t touch his body, he'll deny you. And God says, well, you can touch his body, but you can't kill him. And so look at verse 7 through 9 there in chapter 2. Mm -hmm. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women who speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. All right, and this verse 10 is so good because that really gets <clears throat> at the heart of the message of the book of Job. Should we receive good but not evil? Should we just serve God on the good days and not mm. on the bad days? That's a great thought question to think about for the rest of this play. Right. See? But Job was a good boy up to then. And then his three friends, <clears throat> which were Eliphaz the Temanite, he was an Edomite, mm -hmm. Bildad the Shuhite, shortest man in the Bible, and Zophar the Naamathite. These three guys come and they sit there with him for seven days and they just look at him and he's all nasty boils and sores and mm. they just can't speak. And yeah. then Job opens his mouth in chapter three and he starts talking and after Job speaks in chapter 4, Eliphaz speaks. Mm -hmm. And then in chapter 6, Job speaks back. And then in chapter 8, Bildad, that short guy, he, he speaks. That's Job, by the, the way. The Shuhite, yes. <laughs> and then Job speaks in chapter 9. And then Zophar speaks in chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> basically, we're not going to read all those, so I want you guys to take heart. <clears throat> what happens is Job cries and whines like all of us do when we suffer, suffer, but he's angry with God because he, he keeps saying that God has been mean and God has unjustly caused him to suffer and God has mistreated him and God has done wrong to him. Mm. He definitely accuses God of being in the wrong and himself of being mm. right. And his three friends, on the other hand, they say, God wouldn't have let this happen to you unless you did something really wrong. You did something really wrong to deserve this. So every time Job whines and says, God did me wrong, they said, no, you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Somebody must have done something wrong. Either yeah. God did, says Job, mm -hmm. or you did, said his three so friends. Yeah. Which takes us to chapter 32. And that's that part of, they cycle through taking turns, three cycling all this back and forth. That's right. Yeah. And, and you'll want to pull your hair out. but. But that's the play that you're watching if you're watching the play. So let's read chapter 32 when this new guy that we haven't heard about comes out on the stage and he starts to answer verses 1 through uh, 5, please. Okay. So these three men ceased to answer Job because his righteousness in his own because he was righteous in his own eyes. Are we supposed to be righteous in our own eyes? No. No, okay, keep going. All right. Then Elihu the son of how did we say his name? Barak. Barakel the Barakel, Buzzite. The Buzzite. <laughs> it's a great name. Of the family of Ram, burned with anger. He burned with anger at Job because he justified himself rather than God. He burned with anger also at Job's free, three friends because they had found no answer, although they had declared Job to be in the wrong. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouths of these three men, he burned with anger. Now, if you will just color that little paragraph like I have in yellow, mm -hmm. 
the heart of the book of Job is right there. The answer to all of it is right there. Yeah. Okay. Then Elihu in verse 10, he starts to unload on the three friends. <laughs> yeah. And he unloads on those three friends for the rest of that chapter. And then if you get to chapter 33, he unloads on Job. <laughs> See? Because yeah. he's angry because they're all wrong. Yeah. All right. The then and there's something to be said for he's the young guy in this group who's like he sat quietly and patiently and he's like, all right. Apparently, old people don't have the wisdom I thought they you did. You should learn that too to shut up. And <laughs> okay. Anyway, he goes ahead and he unloads on all of them, and then he goes over to uh, all the way to chapter 38 when Elihu gets done speaking, and we're like, whoa, man, you really, you really yeah. raked him over the coals. And then the Lord speaks up yeah. himself. Read 38, 1 through 3, or run through, do 1 through 4. Okay. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel my words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. All right. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? In other words, Job, you're spewing stuff and you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions to see how smart you really are. Yeah. And he starts with this, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And Job's backing up like, blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. And God just keeps yeah. laying it on him, asking him all these questions about nature and the universe, which he has no mm -hmm. clue about. Yeah. Then when you get over to chapter 40, okay. he kind of repeats this challenge. Read 41 through 5, therefore. So this is still the Lord talking to Job. Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I've spoken once and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. All right, now Job is, is realizing that he doesn't know anything and he was really <clears throat> stepping out there too far when he questioned God and tried mm -hmm. to correct God. Yeah. God doesn't let him up. God still, still nails going. him for another yeah. couple of chapters. Speaks out of the whirlwind again and goes, answer me this section yeah. now. And then finally, when you get to the end, we're just getting to the climax of the play when Job's hair is all blown back and he's all mm -hmm. in a little pile of mush. And Elihu has raked all three friends over the coals and Job over the coals. And finally, Job is humble now. Mm -hmm. And he says in 42, 1 through 6, please. Yeah, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is it that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So this notion that Job never sinned is is not true. Hmm. Job did sin in the depth of his suffering by accusing God of doing wrong and justifying himself. And here he finally repents of that and realizes that he doesn't understand God. Now here's what we take home with us in this play. The worst faith-destroying question that you can ever ask that Job asked repeatedly of God is why. Mm. 
Why did this happen to me? God, you're wrong for letting this happen to me. And how many people have I talked to over my career that were so embittered against God because they couldn't figure out why this happened to them? Yeah. We have no right to ask God why. Wow. Because we don't understand what God understands. He sees everything and he sees mm -hmm. the whole picture. And we must trust that God is working all things, the good and the bad, together for the good of his purpose. So when Job finally understood that and said, God, I'm just going to trust you. I know that I don't have to know why. Then what happened at the end there in verse 7? Then the Lord finally restores things, but first he rebukes Job's friends. Is yes. that what you want me to read? Read down in verse 10. Okay. So he rebukes the friends, and then the Lord restores the fortunes of Job. When he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then he came to him, all his brothers and sisters, and all who had known him before. They ate bread with him in his house, and they showed him sympathy and comforted him from all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. All right, so God blessed Job eventually, and the play ends with a happy ending, but only when Job stopped asking that bad question. Hmm. Listen to me out there. This is the book of Job. It's a play. But if you take something home from this, take this. When you suffer in your life, the most faith-destroying question you can ask mm. is why. Mm. You must trust God and hold his hand, and he will bless you even in that suffering somehow. But if you keep asking why and you don't have an answer, it'll destroy your faith. Look at Job. Read the, read the play. Yeah. And so, like we said, don't stop after chapter 1 or chapter 2. Give, it a, give the whole thing a whirl. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been to the theater. We've been to the divine theater in the book of Job. And we've watched the entire production. So thanks for being with us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.